This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Bors and James Forsyth. So Katie, recess is over and the Prime Minister is starting with this announcement that coming later today about the COVID rules going ahead or lack thereof. Tell us what's happening. Yes, so this is uh, supposed to be the big bang end to legal COVID restrictions. The Prime Minister will meet with his cabinet to finalise the details, then he'll address the Commons, then there'll be a press conference to the nation. I think what the things to look out for here is we're talking about an end to all restrictions, but ultimately it's an end to the majority of legal restrictions. There are still some things that we're expecting may continue, such as filling in a passenger locator form when you arrive from a foreign country. I think there's also questions about testing, so how much free testing can you access? It's ultimately going to end up going to priority groups rather than, I think, someone they would class as you know, a healthy person who's not particularly vulnerable or doesn't work in a key worker role will not be able to get access to free testing. But that's more like to be phased because it's been a bit of a tussle between... Department of Health, also NHS pushing for this to stay in place, and the Treasury thinks this is astronomically expensive and needs to go quickly. And then also, I think there's questions about things like hospital visits, which is um, if that's going to be decided by hospitals as opposed to you know, hospital trusts, then actually it, it could still be that those are limited. And then you get to the guidance, which is we hear a lot about the fact that you're no longer legally going to have to self-isolate if you have COVID. Well, the living with COVID plan, which Boris Johnson is going to present, and they definitely see it in number 10 as a very optimistic moment. So while they're going to try and sound a little bit cautious, I think they want to get the political capital out of doing this, out being you know, one of the first countries to go there. There's still going to be plenty of guidance, and I think that's the key thing to look out for, because I think the guidance will be if you have COVID and you test positive, or you know, if you're feeling ill, you should stay at home. Um, so it may no longer legally be something you have to do. You're not going to you know, be fined or, or face other issues. But I would say the idea that it's probably going to be socially acceptable or your work is going to be relaxed if you turn up to work. I don't know how Cindy you will feel if you're doing this podcast and I said, by the way, I've got COVID. I think that probably suggests that we're somewhere to go. wouldn't want you to be here. Yeah, Fraser <laughs> has just walked in the exact moment I said I've got COVID. But you look quite relaxed. Well, because we're back into common sense territory now. I mean, people can take a judgment as to whether the people they're going to meet will be alarmed or not. I've just come back from the weekend with my parents. Now, I took a lateral flow test before there. My sister's got COVID right now. She is absolutely going nowhere near them. I mean, we are getting back into the, um, I think, quite happy position where people are treated like grown-ups. And we know, we've got so much information now about this virus, its dynamics, its efficacy, its potency. I mean, never has your average person known more about the virus that's going around. And one of the lessons of the pandemic is that people are quite cautious. They were locking themselves down way before the government told people to. And I actually think that the government's problem is going to be the reverse. It's not going to be people taking too many risks. It's going to be people being risk-averse in a way that they don't want due to economic growth. I'm quite looking forward to this. I've I've always rejected the idea of abolishing restrictions, meaning a free-for-all. Of course it doesn't. We're a sensible country and the public have shown themselves completely worthy of the trust which has belatedly been restored to them. I think it's quite telling the different way, the, the way in which the Queen having COVID is being reported. I, I think if the Queen had got COVID six months ago, that you would have had kind of bulletins every half an hour. You know, everyone would have been very, very concerned. 
And now you've got the palace saying she's got COVID, but she's going to carry on doing light duties. You know, what? It, it's a very different presentation and the public's response, I think, is very different from how it would have been previously. I mean, that's partly because Omicron appears to be milder, also the effect of the booster campaign. But, you know, if a 95-year-old woman on getting COVID wants to announce that they'll carry on doing some work, but just not as much work as previously, I think that does suggest that there is a change in how people perceive the virus and people's view on the risk has definitely shifted. I have to say my mind went back to when Boris got COVID. I remember we were told how he was keeping on working and everything was fine. I just had fine. to say. You know, so I'm afraid to say, I'm, I, 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 don't think the, I, don't, I wouldn't say Buckingham Palace is as untrustworthy as number 10, but you know, we, we were told a lot of nonsense, unfortunately, back then. And Katie, are we going to hear more today about future vaccination schemes as well? Yes, I mean, I think there's been... Behind the scenes, I think there has been a push to include vaccines as part of the living of COVID, given they are largely how we got to the point where we are today. You think about how the government constantly credits the vaccine rollout. And also, we know that we have all these orders of vaccine. Mm -hmm. You think about Novavax, which, you know, are the UKs and what's going to happen with that. But I think one thing to look out for, because I think it isn't yet, maybe that a decision has been made, but ultimately is working at how to push forward those vaccines in a way that's going to be the most effective. And are we going to have a mass vaccination scheme where you have lots more boosters? I think there's some scepticism about that, you know, in recent weeks. If you look at Israel, where they had a booster on top of the boosters that we've had, and they actually found that that did not perform as effectively as they thought it might. So it could be more targeted going forward. And obviously, of course, if things do go wrong again or you have a new strain, I think they do want to keep enough capacity that you can have a nimble approach. Fraser, we are also hearing more from the Ukraine side this week as Biden has said that he's convinced that Putin has already given the invade order. So what's going on on the border now? Well, we're back to the uh, the cover theme that James so brilliantly described in his cover piece uh, last week, the theatre. We're getting Biden saying, I don't know how many times he said this now, he's convinced Putin's going to invade him in the next two days or whatever. And now we're told that Macron has gone and saved the day with a diplomatic impasse. But it's not even clear if Macron is being played as well. We've had the Munich Security Conference and um, Putin putting even more troops uh, around the border. It's very, there's so many false signals being sent by so many people. So much diplomatic smoke is bellowing out of of Munich, is bellowing out of Ukraine and Moscow. But it is very difficult to work out what is really going on. I mean, it's Monday morning now. One of the discussions we always have is what's the cover going to be? And for that, for spectator being the spectator, we have to work out what do we think the news agenda is going to be on Saturday? So right now, I would say there's, I don't know, probably one-third chance that um, Putin could invade. Um, similarly, probably a two-third chance that we're still in this diplomatic no-man's land and the farce and theatre lasting for some time yet. It's contradictory, what you see at the moment. So you see, last night, Emmanuel Macron comes out saying that Vladimir Putin you know, wants to meet with Joe Biden. Joe Biden says that he's prepared to do so as long as there's no invasion. Then the contradictory sign is Vladimir Putin deciding that he wants to hold a full meeting of the Russian National Security Council today. You know, is that just a response to the fact that Joe Biden held one yesterday? Or is it designed to send a more aggressive message? I think another thing of concern to me is that one of the things that people have been pointing out was that a lot of Moscow correspondents, the spectators, Russian correspondent Paul would have been saying this, you know, the Russian public are not being prepared for war, they said. Russian state media is now ramping up the talk about attacks on those two self-declared breakaway republics, these kind of clearly false flag 
incidents. And so I think that that is a cause of concern that there is for the first time, I think, beginning to be an attempt to kind of ramp up Russian public attitudes on this stuff, which which is a worry. And Katie, finally, just back in Westminster, the end of recess means that presumably Boris Johnson will be scrutinised again on Partygate. And on Friday, he's gave, he gave in his questionnaire to the Met Police. What's going on there? Yes, the questionnaire has been handed back. We know that Boris Johnson, that was not a Downing Street project filling in that form. Boris Johnson had a private lawyer. It's really been dealt with largely outside of number 10. And now it's just obviously a waiting game to when the police conclude their investigation. Where are we at? I think it's quite hard to read in some senses because we just had recess. And I think that uh, there was definitely a sense last week that Boris Johnson looked stronger. He was talking about Ukraine. He was trying to put the statesman-like image, but also recess can be a little bit deceptive because clearly you don't have MPs meeting up. You're not hearing that noise and you don't have government business, which can, in the sense of commons business, which can often give you a sense of where the party is. So I don't think we want to get too ahead of themselves. I think that clearly by buying time, I think some people are sufficiently bored of ever talking about parties ever again that there is a sense amongst I think even some MPs that they just want the whole thing to go away but I think that you could still see it flare up again we have a situation where depending on what the police investigation comes back with so yes the most drastic which is a penalty fixed notice for the prime minister I think that would lead to um, more letters going in but also I think if lots of fines are issued because we're being told we'll know how many fines are issued to you know those who were in Downing Street at the time I think if it was a very high number that could also lead to a backlash. And then also there's a question of, did the Prime Minister mislead Parliament? Which, if there are Tory MPs who can conclude that, that is, again, dangerous. I think that you can see, though, an effort in recent days. For example, I was struck when Boris Johnson gave his speech at the security conference in Munich. You had lots of MPs tweeting out that speech, saying, you know, this is what you need to listen to. Now, I'm sure they were encouraged to do so, but you can see how they're using this time to try and almost suggest that Yes, you might be able to get to 54 letters, but do you think we're actually going to be able to oust Boris Johnson in that confidence vote? And I think there are some around Boris Johnson who hope that by projecting almost an image that he is not going anywhere, that he does have supporters, it will put off some of his detractors because they will think that they might get the vote, but that's not going to get there. That is a strategy. It's not yet clear if it will work. James, Katie and Fraser, thank you very much for joining me and thank you very much for listening at home. Join us again tomorrow.